0: Boy, these songs are just really fitting for this morning, talking about the healing of the wounded soul. Oh, I was in the church the other day, and I happened to look up and I saw that, by grace are ye saved through faith, and that's been up there since, how long? Yeah, it's been there for as long as I can remember anyways. And that is such a powerful verse, Ephesians 2, I think that's eight. I think that's sweet. And when we look at that, you know, we're used to applying that to, to be saved by God so we can go to heaven. That's how we're so used to applying that verse. But there's more to that verse. It's much more than that. It's the, the idea is through faith we can have grace given by God to be saved through any issue that goes on in our life. It's much more than just a one-time salvation. It's ongoing, that by faith, we can continuously be, uh, have the grace by God to be saved through any event that's going on in our life. So that's crucial when we're talking about the healing uh, the wounded soul.
1: And you'll see in your bulletin where we're talking about today finding needs and meeting them and finding hurts and healing them. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that actually, how we walk that out as a congregation. To impact our community with the love of Christ, to help lives be transformed, and to disciple people for Jesus Christ. But let me go back three months ago. Somebody sent me an article by email, and I read it.
0: Before we go too far,
1: and that's okay. I'm. That's okay. And in this article, as I was reading it, it said, "Have you ever wondered why you do what you do?" And do you ever feel like your prayers just aren't getting through? You pray earnestly and sincerely as you know how, but nothing seems to change? It can be kind of frustrating. Do you struggle with sickness, financial difficulty, or in relationship with others? Do you sometimes feel dry and empty when everybody else seems to be basking in the blessings of God? Can you relate? Can you relate? I could. And so this is what it said. If likely, if you're experiencing some of these things, you're probably struggling with some soul wounds. And I was like, soul wounds? What soul wounds? So um, do, Amanda, do we have, is our, there we go. In 3 John chapter 2, this, is, this scripture really hit me when I read it because I read it in view of what does it mean to have a wounded soul. And we're going to talk about that today. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health as your soul prospers so from this scripture we kind of see a direct correlation between the condition of our soul and our outward manifestation of health or prosperity or provision or whatever and I thought hmm that's kind of pointing the finger at me I don't know about that but everyone struggles with soul wounds David did, King David said in Psalm 23 that we had a need to have our soul restored he restoreth my soul. The
0: word restore here... <laughs> Stay, staying out of the way. I don't <laughs> no, want to I'm not
1: going to hit you. Whack. Um, the word restore here is a Hebrew word shop, which means to return back or to, to, to turn back or to refresh or to repair. So when we say restore, we're talking about to maybe take it back to what it was originally meant to be God's original intent and if those of you have been going through small group and you hear us talking about the goodness of God that should kind of go ding the goodness of God God's original intent
0: yes. it's really important that we really grasp what it means to have a wounded soul and to recognize how a wounded soul can affect every relationship that we have even even our self-control it can affect and it can um, can really, if not dealt with, it can devastate almost every area of our life, reach in and just affect it for the negative. And so uh, I believe that you would really be surprised at how many challenging issues that you deal with that have as their source your unhealed inner man. We know people have soul wounds because if they didn't have soul wounds, we would be flowing just like Jesus did. It's our soul wounds that stop us from flowing like, like Jesus was able to. He had no wounds in his soul, and he completely flowed through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit all the time. We can't be Christ-like if we don't deal with these wounds that are taking place inside our, our lives
1: and that can sound kind of, what do you mean I can't be Christ-like? We we can to a degree, but here's the problem. As we go along, if there's a wound in our soul, it's going to trigger something, and we're going to be reacting to people. Mm-hmm. So when we're trying to reach people, even touch people in the congregation, we're going to have someone step on our toes, and because that's not that wound isn't healed, we're still reacting. And, you know, I can so relate to that. I've done that for yeah. years, and I don't want to do that anymore. I, I really found myself really wanting to... <coughs> see what the word said about healing soul, our souls. Um, and once we start receiving, and this is what has happened with us, is we started learning we began letting God show us areas that needed to be healed and learning how to, to apply the blood of Jesus to those wounds then and to have the Holy Spirit really reverse something that had been started that was really ultimately a work of the enemy and then see so to speak, the hose in our life become unkinked. You, you know what it is to have a kinked hose. It's bent off and the water isn't flowing. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. And that's what sometimes happens in us. So let's talk about things that you might know. You know that you are a three-part being. You're a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. That's what 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says. It points out that separation in you. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord. So according to this verse, it tells you the breakdown of spirit, soul, and body. And there's many places in the word that just repeatedly show God's willingness and his provision for us to receive restoration, spirit, soul, Body, And so if we sometimes are battling an issue in our body, for example, we can't let our experiences determine our doctrine. We never determine our doctrine based on personal experience or the history of what happened in the past. We always base our doctrine on the word. So we always put the word first place.
0: Now, before we go too far in this, uh, we need to make a clarifying statement. This message is basically for those who are believers, those who put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ. Because that is the essential in the walk of the Christian. That's essential in becoming victorious. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that purifies us from all our sins. We've heard that sung over and over and over so far this morning, haven't we? And we recognize that once a month when we take communion. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that purifies us from all our sins. We could say it another way. The blood of Jesus Christ purifies us from all our wounds. It's another thing we can say, because that's exactly the antidote to our wounds. So before we go too much further, I want to talk about the good news. Because I want everybody here to have the opportunity, if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, to do so. And then also, maybe an opportunity as well to, um, to to just rededicate your life to Christ before we go any further, because this is essential as we build on these principles. So, we have God. We all know who God is. He's the ruler of all the earth. What we're asking people to do is recognize his goodness and his desire for goodness on this earth. It's that simple. He wants good for every single individual on this earth. That's the way he intended for it to be. In the end, in Genesis or Revelation 21-22, that's the, what he's going to get. And everybody who submits to his will in their life for goodness and recognizes his desire for that and allows him to be the ruler of their life so that can manifest in their life is called they will be saved. And it's made possible through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. He paid the price so that our wounds and our sin could be covered up so that we could accomplish and receive that goodness that he's always intended for us from the very beginning. I'm going to say a prayer, and I would like for you to, uh, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, to restore you back to the good that he's intended for you from the very beginning, just say this prayer with me. If you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you want to rededicate your life, go ahead. Say this prayer with me as well. Rededicate your life. Because I've talked to many people who did not know, who trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, but did not know his intent was to restore goodness to their life now, today, to help heal their wounds. They didn't know that. So they said, I want to rededicate my life with that in mind. So we're going to say a prayer And if you'll bow your heads and and I'll go through this prayer, just say it in your heart with me if you desire. Lord, I know that I have sinned against you. I have missed the way of the goodness that you have always intended for me. I've done things that are not pleasing to you, and I've done things that are not pleasing to others and harmful to others. I repent of them now. Please forgive me and come into my life. Rule my heart. May I submit to you as my King, the Lord of goodness, the Lord of mercy and grace. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior and commit my life to you. Thank you for hearing and answering my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you've said this prayer for the first time, your spirit has been made brand new. You have a brand new spirit. If you've rededicated yourself to your life, it's been reawakened. It's been, oh yeah, there's something greater that I hadn't known before. It's just reawakened to to this. On the back of your card that we have in the bulletin, sure, that connection card, mm-hmm. there's a check mark place there if you've done either one of those today. If you check that there, so the leadership of the church can know and follow up appropriately. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Um, now your spirit, if you've trusted in the Savior for the first time, has been completely made new. Because Christ is perfect, your spirit, man, has now become flawless in the sight of God. What great news. It has never sinned. It never gets upset. In your spirit brand new spirit within you. Always trust
1: God. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and everything becomes new. So the spirit man, part of you, runs after God, longs for God, never argues about pursuing God, wants to read the word, wants to go to church, wants to worship God. It pursues God. But If we are a new creation, if we're totally new once we're born again, why do we feel like shipwrecks sometimes? (laughs) Why do we lose it? (laughs) Why does that happen sometimes right before church? (laughs) And why does that happen? Because we have wounds in our soul. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This scripture tells us that there's a transformation that has to occur in your mind. So you are a spirit, but your soul consists of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And all of that package lives in your earth suit, your body. And when that body dies, you lay your body down. It turns back to the dust. Your spirit and soul go before the Lord. You're given a new body. So when Romans 12 says, don't be conformed to the world or its system, but be transformed, it's telling us that a change is going to take place. Transform means to change or transfigure. and We know what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus was a glorious change thing. It means that wounds get fixed. Your mind being part of your soul has a process that has to go on. Romans 12 2 in the Amplified says, Be transformed progressively. So that means that your soul transformation happens progressively. It's not, boom, it's done. See, when you, those of you that just rededicated or just got saved, just back then, that was an instant thing. You're, you're a new creation in Christ, completely as if you had never sinned before, completely made new. But this, this is the progressive part, right up here in the skull. Don't you find it interesting that Jesus died at a place called Golgotha? Can anybody tell me what Golgotha means? Well, that's no accident. That's where the battle is, right here, is in our souls, so the reason that um, our soul needs healing is that we really all are wounded. We're all wounded. And, and it's not hard to believe because life presents endless trials and persecutions that scar the inner man. No one's exempt because these burdens of the soul can be so monumentous that they drive some people to totally give up. And some of us have experienced that in our loved ones. They totally gave up what was wrong they had wounded souls it's not our fault it's just what happened because that's what happens to all of us Jesus wants to heal us he wants to give us some tools today so let's be diligent to pursue what Jesus has supplied for us which is the power to heal our souls so how do we do it
0: first thing we want to do is we reckon, want to recognize that there are three main things that wound the soul. And this is number five on the, on the insert. Sin, <laughs> trauma, and, gen, and uh, generational iniquities. And today we're only going to talk about the first two. Um, there are two types of sin that can uh, wound us. And give us a need for healing. There are sins that we commit and that, that hurts our soul when we commit a sin. and sins that we commit against others, and souls that are sins that are committed against us. Those are the two main ways, sins we commit, especially to others. It hurts us, and sins committed to us. When, human, when mankind was created in the garden. Everything was wonderful and in harmony with God. There weren't any wounds there. But when we look at when man sinned in Genesis 3, wounds suddenly appeared. If you think about that event, you'll notice the wound. Right off the bat, what was the first thing Adam and Eve did when they sinned? (coughs) Covered themselves. What else did they do? They hid themselves. Those are both signs of wounds that have taken place. They weren't there before sin. So wounds cause us to act and behave in certain ways. You notice know, also what he did is when it was accountability, what did Adam do regarding God's accountability to Adam? What did he do? The wound. Wounds. wounds. That's a wound. Hmm. Many of the wounds in our souls are created by the sins that we commit. For example, some of these sins may be things like adultery, fornication, gossiping, drinking to excess, eating to excess, idolatry, emotional outbursts, wrong thinking, taking offense, and a lot of those things are intertwined with each other, which make each other, each things happen. All sins, especially if they are habitual, have the potential to injure
1: your soul. In Isaiah thirty and twenty-six it says the Lord binds up the herd of his people and heals their wound inflicted by him because of their sins. In Hebrew, this word wound means sheber, sounds a lot like saber, which means a breach, a wound, and it also means including wounds of the soul or of the mind. Can I jump in here real mm-hmm.
0: quick? This, notice right here, it says, in the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people and healeth the stroke of their wound. Um, the Amplified says the wound is caused by their sins, and another version says that it was a wound that was, that it implied that God caused Israel. And I want to clarify on that because it's really important when you come across that and read that. Why would God cause a wound? He didn't cause a wound. He Person. didn't wound them. What happened was, is they were held accountable for what they did with wrong, and that hurt them. They felt wounded because of the accountability accountability that they're held to. We see that happen with kids often, as they get wounded when there's this standard we want them to live by, and they don't live by it somehow, some way their sin wounds them. That's expected to happen. and But there's a, there's a fix to this stuff.
1: I learned early on that when you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I learned early to to say I was sorry, to repent, and I was forgiven. The surprise I had was when I read that wounds happen because of sin. And then I had to kind of look at some of the things that had happened that I was really ashamed of that I knew I was forgiven for in the sight of God, but there were still wounds because I couldn't even talk about them. I was so humiliated by some of the sin that I had committed in the past. That told me there was a wound. And some of the things that would happen in me physically when I would get in certain situations, my body itself would tense up. I'd find myself drawing back. I sometimes would isolate myself. And so these things are indications that there's wounds going on. And God wants us to be available and he wants us to be able to reach others. So that's why he's healing the church right now. That's why he's healing baseline today. And some of you already knew some of this, so this should make you really excited because we're just getting the good news and more of the word out there. But look at King David. King David was a great man of God. He was called a man after God's own heart. But he fell into sin with Bathsheba. And in 2 Samuel chapter 11, you can read that. David committed adultery with Bathsheba and then arranged to cover up the fact that she was pregnant. He arranged for Uriah, the Hittite, her husband, to be killed in order to cover this whole thing up. And the prophet came to David and spoke what he had done. It was revealed. It was laid bare. And in Psalm 38, verse 5, David makes this declaration. He says, My wounds... Fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. Well, David didn't have an outbreak of boils. These wounds were wounds to the soul because of his sin. And once our inner man is wounded by sin, even though we can confess our sins and be forgiven, we need to be healed of the wounds that occurred in us in the past from those sins, just as our bodies need to be healed when it gets sick. This is something we didn't realize that forgiveness has occurred, and most of us have repented, but it's time to get the wounds healed. Psalm 41.1 says Lord, says, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. See, there's that connection. David understood two things. Sin could wound the soul, and once it does, your inner man needs healing. So today we're going to learn how to wipe out some wounds and heal our souls so that we can truly experience that, co- that hose being unkinked and, ha- and walk in more of the abundant life that God intended. We talked about the damage that can be done in our souls due to sin and the second one is trauma. So go ahead, honey. Yeah, so oh, wait a second. Committed. I'm sorry. I got ahead again. This yep. must be my day of get-ahead. <laughs> so
0: Sins committed. We talked about sins, sin's committed. committed yeah. Now we're talking about sins committed against you. When somebody does something against you, yeah. Is there anybody here that's never been hurt by something somebody said to them or something somebody's done to them? Okay, so good. I'm not alone. First Corinthians 8:12 says, "But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ." The Greek word here for conscience means the soul." When you sin against someone or someone sins against you, the result is not only that their soul gets wounded, but so does yours. We'll see that there are many consequences that come from a soul wound, including sickness in one's mind, emotions, and body.
1: So we started studying this together, and when it started talking about the sins committed against us, we realized that we had spoken ill of people and had wounded our own souls. You know how that is. Somebody bugs you. So you go home and you roast them for Sunday dinner because they bugged you mm-hmm. and you talk about them. I didn't realize we were wounding our own soul. Look at what Proverbs twenty six twenty two says, the words of a whisperer or slander are like dainty morsels or words of sport to some, but to others are like deadly wounds and they go down to the inmost being, inmost part of the body or of the victim's nature. So according to this scripture, slanderous words can create deadly wounds not only in the other person, but in you because you're, again, it's a sin. You're speaking. You're using your tongue that there's life and death in the power of the tongue, Mm -hmm. and you're actually wounding. So when we whisper words of gossip or we speak evil words against someone, it can create such hurt and pain in their soul and in our soul that it can threaten the very existence. So I wonder if you would mind if we just repented right now because I think we're all guilty of this one. Let's pray. Father, we come to you corporately and we repent for any words that we have spoken against our children, against our families, against our neighbors, against our brothers in Christ, against our enemies, against our bosses, against anyone even on the road that we've passed that's irritated us. Father, we repent. We ask that the blood of Jesus be applied to any wounds that have been created in those individuals and in our own souls. Mm -hmm. And we thank you for the power of your spirit right now releasing us and making that which the enemy intended for evil be turned to good. And we receive your forgiveness again now in Jesus' name. Thank you for the blood of Jesus.
0: The last one we're going to talk about is trauma. A tragic accident, that could be a death in the family, loss of a job, financial situation, divorce, which we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, Death, we talk about death and grief share. A chronic illness, Your soul may be wounded because you bullied when you were young or because you are a parent dealing with a rebellious child. You can even be traumatized if one of your loved ones is living through a long, difficult sickness. Trauma causes wounds to the soul. That's number seven on your insert. The biblical character Job is a good example of someone whose soul was wounded by trauma. And we're not going to read this here, but most of you know the story of Job, how he had ended up losing all of his family, ended up getting boils, lost all his finances. Um, he was just left with nothing. And then he ended up having some measly counsel from friends to top it all off. His soul was, was really, really racked. And then his wife, of all people, misunderstood and turned on him. said, curse God, remember that?
1: Curse God and die.
0: <laughs> it's soul wounds. They were both wounded, by the way, and that's why they responded the way they did.
1: Did you know that throughout the story of Job that he mentions his soul being wounded about 23 times? So in Job 10.1 it says, I am disgusted with my life and I loathe it. I will give free expression to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. And in Job 30, 16, he said, And now my soul is poured out within me. The days of affliction have seized me. Everyone has lived through devastation and trauma of some kind because it's so prevalent in our everyday lives. We have to watch over our soul and make sure that we stay healthy in the midst of very trying situations. When your soul is wounded, all kinds of trouble can attach really to that wound. This includes physical sickness and oppression from the enemy. And this is why we counsel people, be very careful what you watch on TV. Um, It's really uh, easy to be attracted to trauma and drama, even the movies we watch. TVs, movies, things at work. You know, we, we spent 20 years working in the ER, and we saw a lot of stuff that is just terrible. And then we would talk about it. Um, newspapers carry it. And I remind you, we started with 3 John chapter 2. How badly do you want to prosper and be in health? So that is why it's important that we allow our soul to prosper. Um, Again, from this scripture, remember, you see a correlation between the condition of your soul and what kinds of things are manifesting out in your life. And I think God wants his people to be wise, very wise about these things that can happen. Um, Wounds are like an eye hook. Once you have a wound, it's like the enemy does this eye hook thing and he screws it right into the wound and an eye hook is used to hook onto. So what happens is we often see when one bad thing happens where there's a trauma, where there's a death, you know, you've heard death comes in threes, things like that, right? We hear these phrases. But what happens is when a wound is left unhealed, it's like the enemy has this hook and he hooks onto this thing and he starts bringing in more things because Satan never brings good. His whole purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. So he's wanting to bring more junk and so that's why we want to let those wounds be healed and there's just some examples we got to talking about one day oh this is why so much happens when there's a wound in someone and you feel bad because they just get pounded, pounded, pounded
0: I'm going to give a couple examples um, of ones that we've seen and actually let's just go through them could you mind if I just go through them quick because we want to get done with this. A woman who uh, we know, experienced a miscarriage. This grief was heavy upon her, and shortly after the loss, she was in a car accident. Now, we go, that's coincidence. But if there's a wound, like we said, the devil can get a hook in it and allow something else to happen. A woman who lost her husband to cancer was diagnosed with Parkinson's within two years of her husband's death. How many of you know a circumstance very similar to that? A lot of these, these are coincidences. These are activity activities taking place in the spiritual realm. A man who lost his job was plunged into a deep depression. There are other things that can cause soul wounds. It's important to be informed so we don't perish. The scripture says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge is so important. So important.
1: And so you hear phrases like, Well, when it rains it pours. It's not supposed to be that way. No
0: that's caused from, the, that's soul wounds.
1: So I'm going to throw a little advertisement out here. We decided to offer this in a Bible study form, this, this concept of how do you walk through healing your wounded soul. So we are offering to do a Bible study. During these classes, um, the, and we, we've already begun to do it, but we are going to start a new one if anyone is interested. During these classes, we teach how to recognize that a soul wound is in operation and how to receive healing for the wounds in your soul. So if you're interested in more information about that or possibly attending one, just look on the back of your Care and Connection card and mark it.
0: Yeah, The most important thing to remember about soul wounds, we're not talking about going deep into your background and pulling up all your junk. We're not talking about that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about just being able to identify what a soul wound and how to heal it because that's the crucial point of, of what Christ come to do is heal these wounds. So that's what we're going to be discussing and teaching.
1: Okay, so how many of you feel like it bears witness with you that you've got wounds in your soul? Raise your hand. Okay. So what I would like to do is those of you that are interested in having those prayed over, I want to invite you to come up after the service, and it's not going to be a big hoopla. We're just going to pray over you, a nice, quiet little prayer, and um, we will um, and the minister.
0: to you. And the, the
1: last thing we want to
0: share with you is grief share. We've been doing grief share. That's helping people heal from the wounds of a lost one so that you don't have all these additional things that can come upon you. We want to heal them, get back on track to the goodness of God as quickly as possible. With that in mind, there's this thing called divorce care for divorced people. That's huge. People who go through divorce have deep wounds, and they struggle sometimes for years and sometimes even for decades getting over these wounds. And as a church body, we can reach out to them and start healing those wounds for them and helping them get back on the right track. We're not talking about supporting or encouraging divorce. We're not talking about that. They're going to make decisions whether they're going to divorce or not on their own. They've got their counsel made up. By the time we get a hold of them, they've already made that decision. What we're talking about is healing the wounds that come from that decision and possibly even restoration of a marriage. So we're going to be offering divorce care from from the church. Um, for people who are interested and we're looking for people who want to walk beside us and help heal people's wounds in that area. So if you're interested in that, make a note on the back of your connection card.
1: Let's watch a quick video.
2: And then the unthinkable. his injuries are critical. It will take years of healing and physical therapy before he can again run competitively. If you're going through a separation or divorce, in many ways your emotional injuries are as deep and painful as someone who is critically injured. Even so, you'll find many people who think you should bounce back quickly. The two of you are never gonna work it out. Just let me introduce you to someone. I know plenty of ladies that would love to meet you. It's been two months since he left. You need to get on with your life. Clearly, this is not the kind of help you need when you or someone you know is going through divorce. That's why we offer our special Divorce Care Group. Divorce Care is a warm, caring place. Each week, you'll get video-based information from top experts on how to heal. Here's a sample of the practical counsel they share. Depression is a natural response to loss.
1: There's so much value in this season of your life. Not one tear is lost. Not one sadness will be disregarded by God. He will take every bit of that and create something you will have never imagined.
2: Our weekly divorce care group is a place where you can be around people who understand what you're going through. You'll find out you're not alone, and there is hope for your future. Divorce care is perfect. It's like, wow, these people,
0: they're all in this together.
1: And I could see that, yes, they made it through it, and they're okay. And not only are they okay, but God's using them. It's people encouraging each other and saying, either with their eyes or with their mouth, I understand your pain. Let's walk through this together.
0: So it's like, I'm not alone. So what we're doing by offering grief share and divorce care is we're finding needs that people have to heal their souls. And we're healing wounds in the soul. That's, That's right. what we're doing. And we're trying to give you guys and us two tools in a place to be able to send people to have their, whole, their, their wounds healed and maybe even eventually get them in to worship our living God with us That's right. in church.
1: That's right. So if you're interested in being part of the facilitator team that we're putting together, again, just on the back of your Care and Connection card, check it. It doesn't mean that you have to know anything, and you can talk to our grief share Facilitators, it's really just about being there to love on people, greet them, care for them, give them a hug, hand them a Kleenex. And um, one of the ladies at Grief Share said when she first started coming, she was a little hesitant because she didn't know what it was going to be about. And now she just is, it, it's a delightful experience every week when she comes because it's just such a warm group. So that's what we hope to do. We find another area where there's some wounding and we can touch yep. lives.
0: Father, thank you for an opportunity for us to learn about wounds in the soul and how to heal them. Father, we thank you so much for the blood of Christ, which purifies us from all unrighteousness, all wounds. Father, if it wasn't for the blood of Christ, we would be the most miserable people on the earth. And, Lord, we thank you for it. Now, Father, we just ask a blessing upon uh, this, this time as we close Father, we just thank you for uh, what you plan on doing here shortly with uh, the offering and the doxology in Jesus' name.